All right. The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours now at bigbarker.com slash Ricky, the Paul Green Rock Academy, the official music school of the process, and Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On today's show, the whole team is fucking different. <laughs> it's, it's fucking wild. Here we go. Uh, the, the free agency was, uh, boy, it just seemed like the Sixers were asleep, and then they woke up. And then we're here. Before we get going, join our 5K team for the Bark in the Park 5K for Providence Animal Center. Go to this post on rightsrickysanchez.com and you get your, uh, your, your T-shirt with all the dogs on it from the Sixers guys and us. Brought to you by Colony Meadery, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, and Cornblow and Cornblow. Without any further ado, here is Run the Joy. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rights of Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is all set to run it back, but I'm sure, being that it's been about 20 minutes, is all into this particular team right now. <laughs> that, that is Mike Levin. Hey, buddy. Look, it doesn't take much. No. I convinced myself the, the rumors were, uh, were have percolating earlier in the day, and so mm -hmm. I've... I was able to convince myself of this being the likely scenario. Um, I wasn't. I actually heard previously that we weren't going to get anything back from for Jimmy Butler. That uh, the that the Heat would find a different uh, way to get rid of salary, and then the Sixers and they would just sign Jimmy outright. So I'm pleased that Josh Richardson is coming back. Um, mm -hmm. I've been told that that is that is it. There's no there's no picks. There's no other players coming back to Philly. That's so, fine. Some salary cap. Yeah. Derek Bodner laid it out in the Athletic in some piece, basically saying that in order to they could only get Josh Richardson back to allow them to sign Al Horford, whatever. Horford, yeah. Um, what? yeah, it's uh, I, it's crazy. Jump, it's a crazy. I'm jumping at the bit right now. It man. is a lot. I don't even know how to how to dive into it fully, but it's a lot of uh, new shit. And I will, I, intriguing stuff, and you you, you want to like look back and say, okay, so we got a half season of those guys. What did we trade initially for those guys, and now how does it look like? I'm hesitant to do that because there's it's not it's not exactly uh, like a linear thing. They did have half a season together and had a chance, so I don't want to like just assume it's that they traded like Covington and Dario for Josh Richardson. You know, um, really interesting stuff. I, I you can argue with what happened. Um, I'm glad Elton and, and company did not sit on their hands and they're certainly paying a lot of money. So I, I, I will be processing this over the course of this podcast. So what, what I say now might not be the same that I feel later. Um, but there's, it could, it could be a lot worse. And as long as Embiid and Simmons are here, plus obviously a bunch of other guys, the Sixers are going to be a legitimate contender for a very long time. I can finally like the fucking Sixers again. <laughs> I am 
free. And I, I know that's funny, and people that are listening to this think it's funny, and you think it's funny, and it is funny, but I am being completely honest. Thank God that fucking big fucking phony that, that everyone convinced themselves was, was fucking Michael Jordan is gone. Mr. All I Care About Is Winning decided that he wanted to go to a fucking perennial eight seed in Miami rather than be on a winning team. He does not give a shit about winning. He is a big fucking phony. Jimmy Butler was always a phony. When he came here, uh, this won't go on forever, I promise. But when he came here, my fears were that he he, it's not that he wants to win. It's that he needs to be the way, the reason that they're winning. And he thinks he's a point guard. He thinks he's the primary initiator and he is fucking not. He's not. And if they had signed him to that deal here, he would have blown up the team. He just would have. And you can say, not you, but like one can say, well, he's different now and blah, blah, blah. But, but like the evidence we have and the evidence while he was here, by the way, which like not everything is out there for public consumption. But like the evidence in his entire career is that he blows everything up. He's on the decline. He's not as good as he used to be. He fucking didn't shoot spot up threes for a month, for a month, because we were not running enough of the offense through him. And look, it just comes down to this. If if you wanted Ben Simmons to be a primary option on this team. If you believed in Ben Simmons, then you could not have Jimmy Butler here. He wasn't going to let it happen. Like it just, it wouldn't have worked. And and even aside from that, even if we didn't have Ben Simmons, if you think that you're winning a championship with Jimmy Butler as the primary offensive option on your team, you're just out of your mind. It'll never happen. He was a phony. It was never like, like, it, the, the the act we saw at the end of the year, the super teammate thing was obviously bullshit because he had no desire to be here. It just like, like congratulations to him to finding. And I think it's so comical that he was so impressed by the retirement ceremony for Dwayne Wade. Well, you know what, man? Like people wanted to go play with Dwayne Wade. Like LeBron James, the second best player of all time, left where he was playing to go play with Dwayne Wade. Chris Bosh left where he was playing to go play with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is a fucking champion. Dwayne Wade in the the the, the finals without LeBron and Chris Bosh, the 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 Shaq finals was a fucking monster. And Jimmy Butler has never been that monster. And you want to know what? You could play the next seven years in Miami and you are not getting the send off that Dwayne Wade got because you are a zero. You're a fucking phony. You're not a winner. And I, I hope you enjoy the rest of your career playing for middling teams that never do anything because you put yourself before everybody else. That's it. it. Well, it's super, it's just super weird, right? I mean, if yeah. you wanted the, the, the report that, he was so impressed by the Dwayne Wade retirement ceremony in Miami. Is like, yeah, the Sixers didn't have anybody retired last year. And like Miami Heat fans are like notoriously like flaky and shitty and, and non-existent in some respects. Right. And <laughs> they were a bad team last year. They didn't make the playoffs. They now have to trade Josh Richardson to get you. Like there's not much in Miami to begin with the report. This is what I was hearing that the six, that this was going to happen with Josh Richardson too, but Goran Dragic, just got traded to Dallas to open up uh, oh, okay. to, to, to to get him, and that's what I was. That's what I had heard was was Dallas being the team that would take on contract. So I'm glad we got Josh. Um, 
just very, very weird. Like I, I loved the player that Jimmy was here, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he was great. It was really fun to watch. Worked his ass off as a dog that goes get got to the rim nonstop. Uh, rose up for like impact rebounds, offensive, defensive. Like I just, I really liked everything he did. Hit a ton of big shots. I uh, really appreciate it. But if he's the kind of guy that's like. He was the guy in Chicago. They didn't win anything. He was the guy in Minnesota. It blew up. He comes here. He ostensibly plays lip service to being like Embiid's the guy. Embiid's the guy. I'm just here to. It's his team. I'm trying. I'm here to do whatever. And then he's like, Yeah, I don't like this. I'd rather go to a team with not much there, so I can just like yell at Hassan Whiteside for a while. It, It. He's not. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna act a little scorned. He's not the guy that we thought he was. If he's willing to do something like this. And that's upsetting because uh, I thought he could have been a real true from here hero. Um, everything I heard, and I was worried about this, you know, Elton and Josh Harris and everybody were saying, like, we're going to the luxury tax, happy to do it. We want to spend. We want to spend. And everything I heard was saying that they were that the Sixers were giving were offering Jimmy the five year f- full max, which I think they should have offered. It would have terrified me still because Jimmy for five years, he's he's an ornery guy. He gets cranky quickly. Uh, he could have destroyed things. I, I also think letting him walk for nothing was uh, potentially disastrous because he's still very good now, and, and the team without him would have been worse. But I think this is a really solid... Josh Richardson replacing him is a really solid and fine uh, contingency plan. He's obviously very a lot younger. He's, I think he's 26 um, on a far cheaper deal for two more years, and then he has a player option for the third. We can keep going, but like the the spe- specifically talking about Jimmy not being here and saying no to a five year max to go play in Miami in front of like you know people in you know eighteen people in shorts. I, I just weird weird call. You you were calling out his him saying how much he wanted to win nonstop forever, and this team with Jimmy like will win forty three games and sort of disappear into the night. Like I I don't say it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. Uh, it is what it is. It's done, and uh, it, the the uh, to your point, like, look, you can you can look back on all of these things and figure out how we got here. And um, I do think getting we'll, we'll get into Josh Richardson uh, too. I, I do think getting him, especially given that like the the you know it's way tougher in free agency to replace guys than it is this way. Like getting Josh Richardson, I think is big because at at the very least, and I think he could be good, but at the very least a guy is going and a guy is coming in. So like just the math of rotation guys that are, you know, is the same position that you're good, but a guy that is younger and a guy that is cheaper um, and a guy that is not going (laughs) to blow up the, uh, the locker room for it, I think was good. I think if you had, if you go back and you say, as you were saying in the beginning, Covington and Dario for Josh Richardson, like, look, uh, Robert Covington is better than Josh Richardson, but that's a lot softer a landing than him just walking, walking away. So I think we should be glad that he wanted to go to Miami. Uh, and that, it, so it like created the opportunity for a sign and trade, you know, um, do we, do we, do we know if it's a five year sign and trade or no? It can't be. It's four. Oh, I thought it could be. Or it can't be if you trade it into space, maybe, and they traded it into space. I think it can be five years if you take the same amount of money back. Um, but whatever. 
we look, it. we're the math podcast, yeah. so I'm yeah. I would never <laughs> I would never argue with you on this because this is, you know, the thing that uh, we're best at. Right. Um, so I'm gonna say sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Should we go through the from the beginning? Should we start yeah. at like the beginning yeah. of the day? Yeah, I just I just needed to get that out. Like I was firing fucking tweets off and I just like I had this energy and I truly mean this. I it it has been I, I promise then I'll stop. It's been really hard for me because up until this point, like all of the players here, I learned to like, even if I didn't like them at first. Even the ones that I didn't love were like all part of it. And this was the first time, and you remember from before we traded for him, I was like, absolutely not. This wasn't, you know, I get a lot of, oh, you're just mad that they traded Covington for him. No, I was sort of mad that the one guy in the whole league that I didn't want, they traded Covington for. And it will be... I, I, this is crazy to say. I am much happier to fucking cheer for Al Horford than I am to Jimmy Butler. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I'm glad. Here we go. The guy does more. Uh, you can't see it in the stats. It's, you know, it's not just 13 points. All right, let's start from the beginning. <sighs> um, actually, um, uh, no. Okay, start from the beginning. So the first thing, so... You want to start from the beginning Sixers-wise, not full NBA-wise, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares about okay. the rest of the NBA? Right. So the first thing that happened with the Sixers is that J.J. Redick signed with New Orleans for two years and $26.5 million. Very, and like I the think, very first thing. Yeah. And that was, I think, a sign to all of us that it wasn't going to be Harrison Butler back. Because if they brought Harrison Butler back, then replacing Redick like basically with no cap space, like the, the whole, it would have made it a lot easier to fill out the roster um, if you're able to overpay Redick. So it, it said one of two things for me, to me, either one, that Butler was definitely gone or one of them was gone or two, like they didn't know what was going on and they couldn't promise Redick anything and he just left. But um, how do you feel about the J.J. Redick era, about him going to New Orleans? Obviously, he cares about winning a whole lot, too. Yeah, um, I, I can't pretend how, uh, that, I, uh, that I'm very confident that they would have been able to keep him in, in this timeline where they only kept one of them. It seems like that's not the case. Uh, I think the offense, no matter what the rest of the how the rest of the day had shook out, um, I think that I would have... I, I, I believe that the offense is going to struggle without J.J. for a while. Um, they got to figure mm-hmm. out how to especially Joe. Especially Joe, they, they got to just yeah. figure out how how they're going to like generate points. Really, like obviously transition is going to be huge. I think. Um, look, we'll talk about the rest of the guys, but I I think with JJ was such a huge part of their offense just gravitationally, um, because he's more than just a shooter in the way that like Covington was he or Tobias Harris is like he just runs around like crazy and opens things up and even if he doesn't get the ball somebody rolls off a screen from him and then he's wide open and which which happens with obviously Steph and Clay a ton of the time um and that and that was that was gravity for us i also think that you know the sixers clearly over the course of the day doubled tripled quadrupled down on like being the big thick boys mm-hmm. and overwhelming people and bullying people like that's the thing they cared about jj obviously didn't doesn't fit into that but I, I said it all playoffs, and I'll keep saying like he was great on defense in the playoffs. He absolutely sh- shut down Joe Harris, who's a good player who uh, can also fly around screens and also penetrate a little bit. And I thought he pretty much shut down Danny Green also. Like th- those are they're obviously not the most dynamic players in the league, but as far as your f- fifth defender, 
like JJ did a good job, and he and they did, and the Sixers did a good job of not having so many switches, like whether it was hard hedges or whatever it was. I thought that that Brett and JJ and the rest of the team did a good job of like we believe JJ can cover this guy one on one. Where any switch would be semi disastrous, so let's avoid it at all costs. And I thought they did a great job, and that's I think why they they hung in so many games that even when they weren't uh, playing super well in defense, but. Um, so I, I, I slightly dispute the idea that J.J. was this huge black hole defensively because I do think in the playoffs he stepped up. Um, but clearly that, you know, they valued other stuff more, and um, he's obviously out getting older as well. Uh, we'll talk about the other guy that they got who's similarly getting older. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate what he did here. Obviously the bit was not a bit, but it killed me how, how little he – would fight for a loose ball or, or, you know, hustle to anything. But, you know, I suppose he's working his ass off doing the one thing he does. So I guess maybe I can forgive him in retrospect. Uh, I hope Joe, I hope Joe is cool with it. I know they were tight. Um, I hope Brett, I'm sure Brett will be cool with it. He got another sort of like veterany coach on the floor in, in Horford, but um, the team's going to look a lot different. And, and I, I, JJ was really the one Colangelo thing that he brought here, <laughs> like legitimately the one. Um, so, R.I.P. Yeah. to Colangelo era once again. Yeah, I yeah he was a it's funny the that that I consider Redick a Colangelo guy, but also um, the only agent, the only person in the world basically that stuck up for. Um, Brian Colangelo, when that whole thing happened, was Jimmy Butler's agent. I don't know if you remember that, but was he Jim, was the o- Jimmy Butler's agent. Jimmy Butler's agent is the only guy. Weird. <laughs> it's the only guy. I don't remember. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, he. Um, I I I did not. I would say that as a player, I didn't give Reddick like I was generally irritated by watching him all the time. Like I thought his uh, just his his way was annoying, and I hated how he was always flying one way or the other on uh, <laughs> on every shot. But he is the first guy in maybe Sixers history that I th- always thought there was a reasonable chance that the shot would go in when he shot a three. Yeah. Um, which is very big, being that I, I don't even remember a guy that that I felt like it was good. So I, I as an offensive player, I probably didn't give him enough credit. And that um, that that uh, dribble handoff with Joel was a, a really dangerous play. And I, I can almost assure you that um, that what's his name that um, that Embiid is like is not thrilled that JJ isn't there, but. But, you know, like you said, it's going to be a different team with a, a different offense. And um, they're, you know, they're not done yet. They're still going to have to fill out the rest of the roster somehow. They still have the mid-level exception to spend. So I'm curious yeah, to we, see. We can, we can move that on to that. But, but before we do, uh, how, how much do you think Embiid and Simmons were led into these conversations? Were, you know, did, were they asked about this stuff for their opinion? That kind of stuff. What, how, what's your read on that? <sighs> not as much as you'd think. Maybe I think um, I I don't know. I don't get the sense that what they want was a really big deal. Um, I, I do. And this is just my speculation. I do think it was interesting that like the second rumor we saw today or maybe even the first one for the Sixers is that they were working on the Ben extension with Rich Paul. And I I don't know, like, I, 
I didn't expect it to happen so quickly, especially not today with all the other things going. And the fact that that got out there, I thought was meaningful. I, I do think that the, the Simmons Butler thing may have been a thing, but overall, I don't think either guy and Peter Simmons has really the, um, the sway yet to be in those conversations. I, I think there's fewer guys in those conversations than you would think, like across the league. And I, I did not get the sense today that they were, that they knew like all of this was coming. They may have had some sort of sense about what was coming, but I don't, I don't think their wishes were, were part of what they did. That's just my, my guess. You? Yeah. I mean, I never know. This is not my yeah. area. I, I, I hope that they're let in on it. So it doesn't feel like the team is falling down around them. I, I imagine it's also hard to, you know, convey things to your, st- I hope, I hope there was like a meeting beforehand being like, Hey, here's, or at least some communication beforehand to be like, Hey, here's what we're going to try to do. Um, yeah. what do you think of these guys? Like that kind of thing. But I'm sure, you know, things are happening so fast that I, I you know, I don't know that they they can be read into everything or, or wait for their, I'm, I'm not even sure how like available, you know, Embiid and Simmons are to be like, to be receiving calls. Who, who the fuck knows? But, uh, yeah, that was just something I was thinking about. Yeah. So that is the next thing we heard. We heard about the the uh, extension working on with, with Simmons, which we all think is a foregone conclusion, but it was nice to see that sort of pop up today, I thought. I don't know. I, I oh, didn't yeah. expect I mean, to see it. That's the We've talked about You've talked about this before. Like, Embiid and Simmons improving together, coexisting together, and just getting better. Uh, in various areas of their games, both of their jump shots, um, their screening and rolling, like you know, the same same deal for both, really. It's just really important, and but it's, they're the two guys that are going to matter the most still. Not Tobias, even though he's getting paid the most. Not Josh Richardson. What? Uh, not Al Horford. It's going to be Embiid and Simmons, and so I'm sure the Sixers want to lock I mean, them, wanting to lock that, lock Simmons up for as long as possible, as quickly as possible, is a good sign, and I hope it happens, and I hope everything is cool with you know clutch and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you and me both. Uh, we'll take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. There's only one dog bed in the world that means anything. Only one dog bed in the world that's worth a shit. Only one dog bed in the world that is going to support your dog's joints. So as that dog ages, you know, and and perhaps develops arthritis, it's going to feel good to go. It's going to wake up in the morning, your dog, and your dog's going to be like, fuck, man, I feel great. That is Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. So you get the big barker and your dog joins a club, the process pup club, and it gets the big barker with the process pup patch that you only get by going to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And then you send us a, uh, a picture of your dog on the bed with the patch and we put them up on rightstrickysanchez.com slash process pup. Um, send it to rightstrickysanchez at gmail.com. These beds are legit. Um, you you really don't see that. You really don't understand the difference until you see like the one that your dog is used to sleeping on, which is basically like an overblown comforter, and the thick like uh, stable foam that a big barker comes on. Right? I mean, it's pretty shocking when you see it. You're like, oh, that's that's the difference. Um, a proper mattress like this promotes enhanced energy and mobility levels in older dogs and reduces wear and tear in younger dogs. 
dogs over 50 pounds, up to 80% of them develop arthritis as they age. And it's true, the, the bed is more expensive, but it has a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they'll replace it for free. And your dog's health is worth a lot. It's worth a lot. It's engineered by experts, fucking experts. <laughs> one year, one year at home trial. Try it for a full year. If for any reason you and your dog aren't thrilled, they will pay for the shipping back and give you a full refund. Handmade in the United States of America. Big Barker dog beds. Woof, woof. There we go. Um, so what happened next? Was it Toby? Yeah, it was a long break where there's a lot of people worrying. I mean, everything, Every when you're in the moment, you're like, what could happen? Are they are they falling asleep? Sort of felt, felt kind of similar to when the Sixers were waiting to see Uh-oh. if they could get away with not. We might be getting Kelly Olenek, too. Oh, boy. I think we're getting Kelly Olenek. That's fine. You fucking back up, back up five, shoots threes. Where are you seeing this? Um, so I, I texted somebody I knew within the business um, to try to get their feel on the trade. And the response was, I said, I like this. Um, the response was, love Kelly. Let's hope this works. And I was like, what? And um, that... And I then, don't think so. I the people that I talked to said they can't get it. There's nobody coming back. Well, Derek's thing. It's all over Twitter. I, I don't know where it came from, but it's all over Twitter. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. What were we talking about before? Uh, the next thing that happened. Oh yeah, I, the the wait while they were determining. Uh, oh, right. What's going to happen next? And the Sixers weren't doing anything. Felt very similar to when the Sixers were trying to determine if they could get off the hook from firing Brian Colangelo. Yes. <laughs> like that, that two-week period or whatever it was of being like, we're maybe we'll just let this die down. Yep. And then... And we were screaming. <laughs> That's all we did on the podcast. Like, we we will not let it die down. That was the one thing <laughs> yeah. for sure. We will not let it die down. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, it really wasn't that long, a couple hours. And then uh, Toby got just shy of the max i would say yeah he was got 5180 yep he got 5180 um, and the the most he could have gotten was 1895 or something like just short of 190 is what yeah. he could have gotten so i'm sure the sixers will uh hold that up as uh expertise in deal making but they did what they had to do uh, especially with jj gone tobias became incredibly necessary for this team yeah i mean they Boy, they, they would have had to have to have some real plans. Um, they it, one of the problems with the 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 sort of corner they put themselves in was I, I don't think that they had to give Tobias Harris this contract to justify the trade. And we'll have AU on it a bit to talk about the trade. I but I I just think it it was going to become really tough to get the number of players in there that you needed to at the level that you needed to be. And look, this is an overpay for Tobias Harris. Make make no mistake about it. But even yeah. if, let's say... But it should feel good that it's also currently an underpay for Josh Richardson, money-wise, right. of how much he's making. Well, I mean, and that's, that's sort of like the job of a GM is that mm-hmm. you want to have enough guys outperforming their value. One of the things that made me really nervous about this, this setup that they were going to do was that in two years, I said, like, look... I personally don't think Butler is worth that money. Tobias Harris is an overpay. And it's likely that even though Ben Simmons is good, at that number, he could be an overpay in two years. And you don't really, you don't win a championship when you are overpaying that many guys. Um, 
and only because it's just a matter of how many resources you have. So yes, it's an underpay for Richardson. I would argue it's an underpay at this point for Embiid. Um, so, but but like for Tobias, let's say let's say he's worth quote unquote worth uh, twenty three million a year. Well, the problem is is like it's not like you're just going to be able to replace him for twenty three million a year. That's the problem. Yeah. So they needed to sign him. I think um, unless, unless you believed in. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Right, 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 right. And would have co- cost you. It would have cost you a first. And I, you know, that was a guy that seemed kind of ungettable, and then Indiana just kind of got him for a very reasonable deal, at, which is four eighty five. Um, they had to trade a, a first and two seconds for him, but like that's that's pretty cheap for Brogdon yeah. as a player. He has serious injury concerns. He's had it coming out of the draft, and and he still has him now. It's, it's, it's banged him up. I think every one of his seasons, and so there's a chance that that deal looks ugly if he's not playing. But him, in terms of on the court production, he would have fit in very nicely here. But um, you know, you over you overpay a little more to get Tobias, who's been durable and consistent, and is similarly like a good locker room guy and, and wants to be here and everything. Yeah, I, I wanted Brogdon for a while, and part of the thing with getting Brogdon is that the 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 things that you use to get Tobias Harris. You know, one of those ones would have been something that you could have used to get Brogdon. But I, uh, you know, um, you needed to. And and by the way, like, again, you, you if if Indiana was willing to give a one and pay 21 for Brogdon, what does that mean that like? What does that mean that you would have had to pay to get him to? Um, and there's no assurance you can you can ask. And it seemed like Milwaukee was pretty ready to give up on Brogdon or to give that if that offer came. Um, but who knows if that even happens? So, and I do think there is something to. There are a lot of people saying this on Twitter, and I I believe it certainly to a degree. Is that? And I mentioned, uh, and I never remember the phrase uh, diminishing returns. I mentioned that during the season that when you have so many guys whose primary, uh, you know, um, asset on offense is scoring, uh, then they're not going to be as good as, as they could be, and you're not going to get all their value. I think Tobias Harris as the third option, and when you consider what Simmons is, maybe even the second option in terms of an mm-hmm. offensive player, especially with Reddick gone, um, and gets more high usage, and we see him in more pick and roll, and you know, hopefully is able to get open and, and get some shots with, with Reddick not there, I think we'll see more out of Tobias Harris and, and probably think he's worth more, um, just because there's fewer people in his way to score. Yeah, I mean, I think I they're going to have to. I think... Uh, I. Th- He's going to have to run around some screens. Tobias is going to have to. He ran some pick and roll in the playoffs. Um, he's obviously not quite as good. His dribble, his dribble drive game is not as dynamic as Jimmy's is. He's not a good, as good of a passer out of the dribble drive. But he, he's got a nice little pull up, um, and he shoots the ball. He's tall and shoots the ball high, so it's tough to block uh, from that mid range. Uh, he can straight line drive right at the rim. Um, Against guys that aren't Kawhi Leonard, you remember that play in the in the Raptors series where like he kind of gave Kawhi the bump and then Kawhi absorbed it and then still recovered quickly enough to block the shot. There's not many guys that can do that. Tobias is really strong. Obviously, Kawhi is very strong as well. Um, but you you can imagine a lot of the offense coming from those pick and rolls with you know whether it's Tobias Embiid or Tobias Horford or uh, you know Josh Richardson have to do that also. We can get there, but um, Tobias is a really good player and he's gotten better each year. Um, until he got to Philly and became the fourth option, he 
was shooting incredibly well from from three in in in, in LA. Um, I think there's absolutely a version of Tobias Harris who's still young, 26, 27, that gets better over the course of this contract. Um, I thought he played reasonably well on defense in the playoffs. Um, he's 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 strong. He's not incredibly slow. Um, he could lean up a little bit more so he can kind of improve that lateral quickness. But um, he's a good player, and, he, and he's a good locker room guy, and, and they're, they're paying to have like solid contributors around Embiid and Simmons. And now without Jimmy, uh, Tobias will take a bigger role in the offense. And so I, I don't think he played poorly in the playoffs. He just missed shots. Like he, he, It wasn't like he was trying to do too much and he took shitty ones. He just pulled the string on a bunch of shots, um, He and he missed open threes. And I have confidence that he's going to hit those in the future. Sometimes he's go through bad runs. We've talked about this before. But um, he's going to have more on his plate, and I think he probably likes that. I, I wonder if... Had Jimmy wanted to come back, if Tobias would have also wanted to come back, you know, um, if he if he was you know content with being that that fourth player, um, the fourth, you know, actually honestly fifth option because Ben in open court and then JJ was getting more looks. So um, I wonder if, if if that was a factor. But now that he's going to be more of the focal point on offense. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do and, and how he can improve. And, and, and he's and his shooting is obviously going to be huge. He's got to take like he's got to take like 10 threes a game. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, he really does. There's nothing wrong with him taking 10. Well, I mean, he probably took six and a half or seven last year. You know, he, he should be taking 10 threes a game. It's, somebody's going to have to shoot him. Um, you know, uh, so the way we got him was a trade that has been uh, panned by many, but none more uh, panned by nobody more than one. Oh, we lost him. He's fucking gone. What happened to Unterberger? Are you uh, there? Bailed. He bailed. I don't know. Let me text him. Where? It'd be in, it'd be interesting while we wait for him. Yeah. It'd be interesting, you know, if you could go back and say this is what's going to happen. Would the Sixers rather have uh, Shamit to just step in right away and replace JJ um, on a rookie deal? And already kind of like a, a veteran in a under a rookie contract well, with yeah. a lot of room for growth. Yeah, I mean, but I, I still think that they would probably choose Tobias. Yeah, it's. I mean, who knows? He ends up being a. Oh, was he laughing? Uh, so Andrew Underberger's here. Andrew Underberger brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding. Our good friends at Kinetic Skateboarding. There are these wild. Uh, man, they have so many. Sh- sneakers there that I want to buy. I wish I was a sneaker guy because I would buy more of them. Are either of you guys sneaker guys? Are you a sneaker guy, Mike? Nah. Uh, AU, are you a sneaker guy? What the fuck is AU's deal? I see him there. Wow. It's the most important podcast of the year. I know. We ran some of it back. There's been multiple trades. We, we've recorded like an emergency podcast for like a Darius, Darius Johnson Odom 10 day. And, yeah. and here we go with AU. Can't even get a mic to work. Yep. We, we're, we're asking him to come on and talk about the Tobias Harris trade, and he doesn't deliver. Wait. He is the Tobias Harris in the playoffs of <laughs> third options. <laughs> Kinetic skateboarding. The, yeah, well, there you go. Oh, geez, he's so loud. What are you doing? All right, hang on, hang on. Kinetic Skateboarding, get your sneakers there, get your skateboards there. Uh, 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. All right, you're, you're yelling, uh, AU. Let's, let's see how you sound now. What the fuck is his deal? AU? Shocking. Well, we got the sponsorship in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we can talk about the, the Tobias Harris trade. <laughs> 
in lieu of Andrew Unterberger, who yeah. whose internet is not working. I, I, in classic I, I swear to protest Christ, faction. Yeah, I mean the guy with his internet. It's 2019. It's 2019, Mike. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the trade in retrospect, you know, when when they made the trade, we thought it could be because remember things were not peachy with Jimmy at the time. Um, we thought roundly that it could be a Jimmy hedge. And looking back on it, I, I still think in a lot of ways it was a Jimmy hedge. And it turned out to be um, maybe uh, prudent that they did it. I still think it was a wild overpay. I think, you know, one thing that kept happening today when people were talking about the fifth year, why won't you offer the fifth year, blah, blah, blah. And I think they, you know, that it was, it, it didn't really come down to that. But, um, at some point, you have to be able to, you have to be willing to walk away from a negotiation or you're going to lose each one of them. And, you know, that's what I thought the Tobias Harris one, I'm like, you really couldn't get it done for less than that. And if you couldn't, then you just should have walked away. Um, and I, I still think- you're thinking, it, the, you're thinking the Tobias Harris contract or the Tobias Harris trade? No, the trade. The trade. Okay. I was just talking about the Jimmy contract in that I would have respected them if they were like, look, at four years- we think we can move it. We don't think we can move it at five. Like, at, mm -hmm. at just in general negotiations, you have to have a walk away point because if sure. the other person knows that you don't, then you're going to lose. And I still think it was an overpay, but I'm glad that we have Harris here, I guess. I, now, would I have liked to have Shamit and two first round picks instead? Because then maybe we'd have Brogdon. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, it was an overpay. But, um, you know, if it was a hedge against Butler not being there, then it was maybe the smart, smart thing to do. Yeah, I, I do think that if I, it's it's it is uh, tempting to to say like oh the you know the trade was they overpaid on the trade and the fact that they happened to re-sign him after the fact doesn't matter and we should still judge the trade on the merits but I, I do I I I would have penalized them more had they not brought at least one of Jimmy or Tobias back um, for making those trades uh, for half a season so. I think bringing Tobias back on on a on a big deal, but for his prime, we have him for all of his prime, um, as the somewhat I don't want to say perfect because you wish he was a, a better defender, which maybe he'll get there, but a, a very good complement to Embiid and Simmons's style of play. Uh, I I think it I I think it's fine. Like uh, Shamit was good and is going to be good and is going to be a fine player for many years, but I think that 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 guy can be found. Uh, in the draft every year, um, and I, I don't think a, a, sh a shooter with that's limited defensively that has some dribble drive game is. I, I think that guy can be found in, in the draft if, if if the Sixers decided to, and, and they could have, but they didn't. But um, what were we talking about? I'm, I'm lost. We were I'm just talking about the trade. The, we, we we can go on to the next. We, we yeah, can, that was that yeah. was kinetics AU analysis of the trade. Yeah. AU hates it, still hates it. Yeah. And, I think they'd be better off without it, but I think you look at the team right now going forward, and it's like they're good. I'm happy with it. We're good. We are just doing AU's. Uh, yeah, that was you, that was obligatory. You know, it's funny. AU wrote a thing, and I thought it was good last week. Uh, we talked about it a lot, AU and I, like outside of the the writing of it, about how it was on like ownership to run this back, and I think it turns out it wasn't. You know, I, one of the things I was not pro run it back. Um, I, I thought that I made that pretty clear, but one of the things I was said was that if you did believe that you should do it, you should hold ownership's feet to the fire because they made these trades. 
they knew what it might cost and they should pay that cost. Uh, but ultimately, I don't think it came down to a cost thing. Um, maybe it did, but I, I don't think it did. Uh, Sorry, there was, a spi- there was a spider on my desk that I tried to kill while you were talking. Whoa. So I don't know if that happened. So if it... So if shit goes down, it's well, a small one, but so, if shit goes down during this, I might uh, lose my mind. So my wife hates spiders. My dog hates flies, is very scared of flies. He will leave the room if there's a fly anywhere near him. Uh, the next thing that happened was Mike Scott, two years, $9.8 million. The uh, Sixers Twitter thirsty Mike Scott hive uh, survives and continues for two years. I do like Mike Scott. I like Mike Scott before he even got here. He is a rotation uh Biggish wing or smallish big, um, you know, he's a, 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 an absolutely fine twenty-minute-a-game guy, and I am I'm happy to have a normal rotation player, Mike Scott, on the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, super happy for the Hive, the uh, cult hero equity mm-hmm. was taking a hit with Bobby and TJ likely going, so Mike Scott filling that. Void is really important, and I'm happy for everybody. He's, you know, another six, seven, six, eight guy. He he was fine defensively in the playoffs. Um, he was okay. He's just going to be, yeah, he was, like, fine. Um, I don't think he's a backup five. I, I think they discovered no. that when he just, like, they just couldn't, they just couldn't do it with him. Um, but I think he'll fit in nicely sort of sub as that first big after, you know, Somewhere after Tobias Ben uh, Horford coming in and just you know stretching the floor hitting threes, uh, he's got a better fl- like floater mid range game than you'd expect. Um, partially because we watched Covington and sort of you saw him like if it wasn't a three or like a dunk then it was kind of questionable. Um, but I think it's fine. Two years, nine point eight million. Happy to have him back. So, what was the next thing that happened? Was it Jimmy? I mean, because it was dead for for like hours and so much so that I think at 8:45 I texted you like that I think it, the exact text I think was do you just want to do this at 9:30 of course they'll trade them to Miami as soon as this is done and I I think it was what it was right around 9:05 that the was the butler thing the next thing that happened pretty much uh yeah it was you know there there was there was that weird Jimmy like tweeted earlier at Chad Johnson saying, "As soon as I sign the deal, like I'll beat your ass in some video game." I think it was. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But really bizarre that that. I mean, it was like, what is it? Is it real? Is he just fucking around? Whatever. And it turned out to be the case. Um, they come away with Josh Richardson, and then uh, I was hoping for like a swap or two in there, just to sort of keep my brand strong, but. Um, Josh Richardson is a better alternative to letting him walk. So, should we talk about should we talk about Josh Richardson and, and what he brings to the table? Yeah. Uh, before we do, we'll talk about our final sponsor, the Paul Green Rock Academy. That's right, Mike. The Paul Green Rock Academy. You may have heard of Paul Green before, as you may have seen that stupid movie, School of Rock, with Jack. Black. Oh, I like that movie. I've never seen I it because I actually I can't stand Jack Black. But the interesting thing is that Jack Black is playing Paul Green, who started the School of Rock. His whole thing is teaching kids how to play in bands. He sold the School of Rock 
They turned it into a franchise. He was like, fuck this. He left. He did his own thing in Woodstock for a while. He came back to Philly and he started the Paul Green Rock Academy, which is in Philly and also coming to South Jersey in September. Um, They have programs for kids, master's program, junior program, like all different skill levels. And I, um, I played with them once at one of their, their punk rock brunches. And I went and I went to practice with them and it's just such a fun atmosphere. Like, um, you know, you, you think about kids playing instruments and their parents making them practice, but these were all kids that were just having an awesome time and were really, really good. And playing an instrument is fun, but playing an instrument with other people, even more fun. It's, it's everything. And if you, you don't have a kid, you want to do it yourself, there is an adult program. Um, you know, it's two months long. It's once a week you practice. You play two shows at the end. It's, uh, it's really affordable. I think it's like 500 bucks. And if you mention your rights to Ricky Sanchez listener, they'll give you 100 bucks off. Well worth it just for the experience of doing that. They played at the lottery party. The kids did. They're awesome. Uh, I'm just, I'm telling you, uh, whether you're in Philly, whether you're in South Jersey, whether it's for your kid, whether it's you, uh, you really... If you play an instrument, you've never played with a band or you used to play, you want to play again, this is the way to do it. The Paul Green Rock Academy, the official music school of the process to join, to book them, to find out more, paulgreenrock.com. That's paulgreenrock.com. I think Josh Richardson, it's funny, I was, this is his, I think his third straight podcast again, he mentioned uh, our friend Marty Teller. Marty's been talking about Josh Richardson. Hang on, why are you talking? I'm going to kill the spider. Okay. He's been talking about Josh Richardson and Tobias Harris for, I think, like two years now. Josh Richardson is, so, you know, we see Miami three times a year. I got him. And uh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> when you little, say small, how small? story during the podcast. How small? The size of your not, thumb? Kind of. Um, yeah, a little smaller than that. Not big. You see that picture on the internet of the spider in Australia eating the possum? No, no, no oh, interest. Hard pass. Don't, don't Google it. Don't Google it. Uh, so uh, Josh Richardson is like 6'6-ish, um, is a yep. high-energy player, is a league-average three-point shooter, uh, but I would imagine on a good team, uh, like he, he probably didn't get a ton of, I haven't looked at the numbers, but probably didn't get a ton of like open standstill three-point shots when he was in Miami. He is a pretty decent creator. He is a good athlete. Um, and he's 26, I think on a $10 million deal, 25, 26 he, years old. He is about to turn 26 in, in September. There you go. Um, he's got this year for 10 million next year for 10 million. And he's like the sort of guy whose name has popped up, you know, when, when we've talked about trades or, uh, you know, if there's a way to get him, I think he will be a, um, I think he'll be a good addition to the team. Like he's a he's a good player. Yeah, um, the Mavericks will acquire Kelly Olynyk and Derek Jones from the Heat as uh, part okay. of the Jimmy Butler signing trade. Um, yeah, I I've always liked Josh Richardson. Uh, he fun fact he also went to Tennessee, which is where Tobias Harris went to school. Um, he is six six with he's a long six six. He's he's pretty thin, but he's he's strong, tough to move. Um, the Heat were a weird team last year, and that they kind of he was basically the number one option there they you know when wade came off the bench and then kind of became the number one option when he was in but he didn't play that many minutes um he's a solid distributor he can get to the rim he can use pick and roll um the past he's gotten better from the foul line each year he's shooting 86 percent from the foul line last year um i'd say he's 
like, as far as I still, I think Covington is the better pure shooter, but obviously has streakiness. I think Josh Richardson is Covington esque um, from from deep, um, but has a has some creation abilities. Operates in the mid range a little bit more than you'd like. Although last year, he the for his first year he didn't play that much. His second year he shot four threes per game. Set third year four threes per game, and last year he shot six point three threes per game. So he's so he's uh, at least gotten the green light to pull it a little bit more, and. Um, Hopefully that's what he'll be doing here. He'll have to be working off the ball, but he can also run some pick and roll. And he's a good defender. He's long. He's not. Um, he's not Covington level in terms of uh, generating steals and deflections and stuff. But he can cover one through three or four, um, and is also like a decent shot, weak side shot blocker. Also from time to time. Um, the interesting thing, I think, I think there's more. Um, there, there's some like secondary creation ability to him in the sense of like, depending on, we can get to this, who the Sixers get to be backup point guard. He might run point when Simmons isn't on the floor. Um, cause his assist percentage went up to 18% this year and his turnover rate went down significantly from the previous year, um, to all the way down to 9%. So he takes care of the ball. Um, he's a good player. Like he's, he's our kind of guy. There's, there's, you will see, uh, there is Covington level, like he, he's he's in the Covington department. If if we're un, under the umbrella of a, of a Covington level style player, um, obviously not the defender he is, but uh, but he's a good player. He's cool. He wears number zero. He's, there's some headband equity there. Um, <laughs> I re- I really like him. The the Mike O'Connor had a good tweet talking about him of uh, of the Athletic. Uh, he's long been a Josh Richardson fan. Absolute dog on defense. Blows up dribble handoffs as well as anybody in the league. Um, progress a lot on offense as a creator, uh, even if he bit off more than he can chew as a number one option. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the Heat weren't a playoff team last year is because Josh Richardson shouldn't be a number one option at this point in the NBA. But as our fourth or fifth um, with with a handful of attacking closeouts and, and initiating, I'm, I'm really excited about him. He's, he's really like, it's fun to think like, because I was worried about Jimmy, right? Like th- you were talking, we talked a lot during the season about, well, what if, this is all Jimmy is. Did, did his athleticism like get sapped over what injuries or seasons or whatever it is? Um, and then he get, turned up in the playoffs, and we and we saw like the version of him that he can get to. But he's also old. Like that that five year max would have taken him into his way past his prime. And so, you know, even not thinking about the kind of organizational dysfunction he could have wrought. Uh, on us like there's a chance that he just got like you know he broke something he tore something whatever he just you know things nagged at him and he wasn't the same player it's exciting to there's a lot of talk about which I didn't necessarily agree with there's lots um, oh why are the Sixers going now and beating Simmons are so young they're only in their second and third seasons respectively um, what what's the what's the rush basically and and Tobias is is more on their timeline and Josh Richardson is more on their timeline uh, I, I still think having guys at any age that are good matters, but uh, I would have been scared of the Jimmy contract, whether they let him go or whether they kept him. And to sub him out for Josh Richardson, who is definitely a worse player, but a better catch-and-shoot threat with better defensive potential, um, at least for the years that we have him versus the years we, we have Jimmy, um, on a far uh, better contract. It, it, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to sort of like get younger and more athletic and uh, flexible and all, all that stuff. So 
They they absolutely needed Jimmy last year. He was the best player offensively in the playoffs. But it, hopefully Simmons and Embiid grow into it, and Josh Richardson will be a reasonable facsimile of of the kind of things Jimmy could have given you. <laughs> a better catch and shoot player in that he will yeah. shoot catch and shoot shots. <laughs> uh, so then the final piece of the puzzle is really the most comical. I, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, I literally, literally mean comical and comical in that. Can you imagine if we had gotten Brogdon too, and like <laughs> Brogdon and Horford? Oh my God. Just been Tony like, Snell, like all I've Jared done. Dudley. Yep. <laughs> Uh, as soon as they signed Horford, Matt Moore of the Action Network just searched all my old Horford Rightfully tweets so. and just started. <laughs> yes, uh, people have so Horford, thirty-three years old, four years, hundred nine million. Um, of course, you have to be you have to have, have be concerned about giving a four-year deal to a thirty-three-year-old guy, uh, a guy who did seem like he was slowing down. Um, but I will say that you know, bigs age better than wings do. Um, I, I think that while he is older than Butler, I think you also don't run the risk of of the guy blowing up the locker room. Um, Horford, you know, plays two roles here. He's going to be the starting power forward. And, it, you know, him and Embiid, that's a really fucking enormous front court. I, I honestly, like, I guess if you're starting Embiid, Simmons, um, Horford, uh, Josh Richardson, and Tobias Harris is a fucking enormous team. Um, like, that is a really, really big team. Uh, you know, they're going to have interesting situations where like any, anyway, what I don't want to go too deep into it. I think the Al Horford signing is kind of risky. Um, I'm interested to see the fit, but he is a good player and he provides some Embiid backup too. You know, um, they'll, they'll need a backup big, but he can do some of that too. And, uh, I, you know, it'll make them a really, really good defensive team. It'll be interesting to see how it works. Yeah. Um, it's not a supernatural for fit. For sure. You know, like we, we talk about Patrick Beverly or Brogdon, or these are like natural fits. This guy is not a yeah, natural they, fit. Yeah, so obviously we've talked about enough. Like the backup center position was a really weak spot for the Sixers. Somewhat all year, although that might have been overblown because Boban was good in the regular season. Um, Amir Johnson wasn't. But in the playoffs, it became very pronounced how, you know, you can just look at the on-off numbers with Embiid on the court uh, to show how useless they were. And to some extent, the Sixers had good, enough good players that they should have been able to make up for it. Um, but they couldn't, for whatever reason, defensively. Um, so now they get Al Horford, a guy that is an elite defensive player, uh, one of the smartest players in the league. And at all times this season the Sixers will have an elite five on the court, um, which is great, at least in games that mattered, because now they can, like, rest both of them. They can they can manage both of their minutes. Obviously, Embiid is the most important guy, and, and you know, we talked so much about why is Embiid playing 35 minutes, 40 minutes, overtime minutes in a fucking shitty game in November. Um, and now they have a guy that Embiid trusts, certainly, to play when he needs to sit, you know? Like, Embiid, I'm sure, respects Horford more than maybe any other big man in the league uh, because Horford was a guy, and we can get to that, but 
if the most important, th- if we can agree that the most important thing is Joel Embiid, then one taking away a guy who gave him a really hard time from on, on the other side, taking him and saying you're not going to play against Al Horford ever again is nice. It's a nice thing for us to do to, for Joel Embiid, but also that they can. You know, go at each other in practice. Learn from he, he can learn from Horford. He can get better in that way, and he can sit and have his minutes managed and uh, just rest when he doesn't need to fucking play. And 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 the Sixers don't have to fall apart without him. So I think that's huge. Um, yeah. We also just saw uh, Toronto have success with Gasol and uh, Ibaka on the court at the same time. Sometimes with Siakam as well. Um, and they'll have to figure out how they how that works, but I, I'm I'm not really worried about it because Horford can shoot. He needs to shoot more threes. I was talking to Mark Whittington about it on Twitter, and I think Horford can be the a, a Covington level sort of just pick and pop, catch and shoot, but also you know move move the ball from the high post here and there. Him and Simmons playing off each other. Simmons Simmons playing with a stretch five is huge. Horford will need to shoot more threes. Like absolutely, that's 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 going to matter so much more, especially because the biggest concern is Embiid, Simmons, and 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 Horford sort of occupying the same space on the court. But they they're gonna have to figure it out. Um, they got rid of Jimmy Butler, and Simmons is going to be the point guard. So if Simmons is going to be the point guard, then he's got to learn how to shoot. He's got to learn how to penetrate in the half court. He's got to be able to work off ball still, uh, screen and roll, short roll, whatever it is. Um, I trust Horford to just figure it out. You know, he's a really, really smart player, and as much as uh, I've never seen him miss a shot uh, playing against the Sixers, like it's he's just he's just a he's just a really bright player and it's seemingly a good teammate. So I I think it's just gonna work well, out. And, and have, we don't have to play against. We don't have to play against anymore. That's we don't huge. have to play against. Um, <laughs> Embiid yeah. having to like rot- switch onto Marcus Morris in the playoffs last, two years ago is was a real indictment on what Brett thought. Embiid could handle at that point in his career. Hopefully, he'll get better, and that and that kind of thing won't be a problem. But working with Horford every day will hopefully help that. Um, so, I, you know, we talked about it in regards to the draft, but you know, I'm not willing to put a lot of capital into the backup center position because I think you can find, you know, Ed Davis was just signed for two years, uh, ten million to the Jazz. Um, it's just like a fine backup center for not that much money. Like that, that is easily digestible. But I think the Sixers envision Embiid and, Sim- Embiid and Horford playing with each other in you know crunch time here and there. Uh, maybe I would I I would guess starting together, but for the most part, uh, not playing at the same time for the most part, um, mixing it up, have, resting for each other, whatever it is. And then in the playoffs, when it becomes, man, we can't, we really can't get by these guys, uh, just being bullies and bringing violence at the rim, which is a, which is an old hinky, hinky quote, right? Violence at the rim. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that it's not a perfect fit. I know that everyone king shames the Sixers for their for their guard hatred, um, and we'll, we can talk about who they can who they can get at, at, for backup point guard. Um, but I think there's something to be said for. Horford can switch on the perimeter, and we'll see how that holds up as he gets older. But he's really good. He's really good. He's really smart. He's good. he's good in the locker room. Is it a lot of money? Absolutely. It's only it was reported as four years, one hundred nine million, but it's ninety seven million with twelve million in championship bonuses. I hope he gets all twelve million of that of that bonus money. <laughs> yeah, um, I hope so too. <laughs> I 
it's just it's nice to be able to check off like the backup center position is done. Like we got it. Horford's very very good, and we're going to have the the best center rotation in the league. Like that's nice to know. Um, and I do think they'll be able to play together for stretches. Is it a perfect fit? No, but I think he's a perfect fit with with uh, Simmons when Embiid sits, and I think that he'll find he's he's a smart enough player to find his role on the offense when uh when he's in that when they're all in there at once so they're imposing that's what that's what toronto yeah. was you know so scared of and and uh exhausted from after that series and the sixers double down on that they like the big guys we we know that and now now we have the biggest guys and and two things on that first of all the the, the being able to play with simmons thing is not unimportant like that is really really important that he will be a good fit with Simmons when because there's not given Simmons's like skill set you know your normal shot blocking you know sort of rim running center guy you know I I don't I don't think we're ever going to end up with Clint Capella but I think Clint Capella is really good but would be a weird fit with Simmons uh, because he doesn't shoot I think the fact that Horford does makes him a a better fit and Capella would have been an absolute non-fit I I don't think that that would have worked out at all yeah yep Um, and then the other thing is that you know we've we said enough times but this is a a double down on you know letting Maybe they didn't have a choice in Butler, but like Ben Simmons, like it is time now, you know, like I, uh, it, you know, there's lots of pictures on his Instagram of like him working out Like you, buddy, you, you got to come to camp with some sort of standstill shot. You have to, and you, you have to be, you have to shoot free throws better and be willing to get fouled more. Like now's the, now's the time. Now it is you and it's Joe and everybody else is a supporting, you know, a supporting, um, a supporting player. Jimmy Butler didn't think he was, but Al Horford knows he is. Tobias Harris knows he is like, it's, it's time, you know, it's important that he, he understands that. And I, I would hope and think that he does, but it's, it's a big summer for Ben Simmons. Yeah. He's got He's got to be able to shoot, you know, uh, yep. He's got to shoot, and Bede's got to be able to be have a consistent Al Horford type shot. Uh, and Horford's got to take more mm-hmm. threes. They all they all have to do it. The floor has to be spaced for all that stuff. Um, the weird thing, maybe this is hinging too much on that Toronto series, but they started just like they were killing Toronto on the boards for mo- for the first half of that series, and then all of a sudden Toronto just attacked the offensive glass over and over again, and. Ben missed box outs, and Bede missed box outs. Tobias missed box outs. Uh, sometimes they, there there was like a casualness to them, like walking up to the rim to receive a rebound, and then the ball bouncing over their head, and them getting long rebounds. That happened nonstop. So that you know maybe that's what they're thinking on the offensive end to to keep crashing the offensive glass and 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 get second chance opportunities. And Horford's rebounding is is not Horford's strength so putting him next to Embiid and Simmons to excellent defensive rebounders is and Tobias is mitigates that weakness um it it's really interesting it's it's going to be a really interesting fit you think about the the lineup of you imagine Simmons at point Richardson Tobias Horford and Embiid somebody's going to have to run around chasing guys i think that's going to be Richardson Simmons has proven capable of switching one through four sometimes five um, and then they'll put Tobias on the weakest guy, and then and and switch up Horford on and Embiid on whoever Horford can cover Giannis in those kinds of games. 
so so can Ben in a pinch and and beat obviously. So that like have, having different looks to throw at those impressive guys, it, I I just think it's gonna work. I just think getting you get really talented players that can do multiple things on the court that aren't a liability on either end that are smart that are good teammates and willing to put the work in that that Horford and and Tobias are and I've I haven't heard anything bad about Josh Richardson I think he's I think you know judging by his improvement year over year he he also has a good work ethic but I, I, that's just based on the stats and 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 him getting more uh, responsibilities in Miami um, and and then you just surround Embiid and Simmons and say like let's let's fucking go like let's let's win a championship with this team and hopefully guys stay healthy hopefully they let Embiid rest a ton um we can move on to uh the the rest of the salary cap that the Sixers have in a second but I wanted to mention um for AU for a guy who was not able to participate in this podcast who emailed us apologizing a couple minutes ago um Jovan Buha, who's a, a Clippers reporter who actually went to high school with Alyssa, uh, he tweeted that another consequence for the Clippers from the Jimmy Butler signing trade is that the 2021 Miami first should be worse now. So trading Jimmy to Miami and letting him be, you know, at least I still think they're not going to be great, but they're not going to bottom out makes that them trading that in the Tobias trade not as bad. So that's for that's for AU. So I think that was a sneaky cool play on uh, Elton's part, whether or not that was intentional. Can you hear me? Are we done? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, um, I have about okay. 15 minutes Are you left. Good? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to adjust my. I have a, a whatever. I have a sound blocking thing, and I was trying to adjust it, and I didn't want you to hear All it. Good. And whatever. Um, so, so we have two things to talk about. We the Sixers left to spend is basically a mid-level exception, like a seven million dollar mid-level exception, I think. And um, so, I want to talk about that, and then, of course, um, if we have time to just run quickly through what happened with the in the rest of the league. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a lot easier. I, the guys like like uh, like Danny Green and Patrick Beverly are, I would assume, out of reach now. Maybe the fact that Patrick Beverly didn't sign a ten or twelve million dollar deal means that the market isn't there for him. Um, so, so I'm glad they're waiting to sign. But I don't. I don't even know who I have my eye on for that. Do you? I don't know. I was thinking. Uh... I don't think Pat Bev would sign for the at least per um, Jeff Siegel of the website Early Bird Rights. Um, he has it at Philly having seven point seven one million left in space um, to figure out the rest of the roster. Nine guys are under contract. I would add. I think I believe that Shake Milton will be added to that soon as a regular roster player to be ten. Um, so it's going to be the seven point seven one million plus minimum contracts if, to fill out the rest of it. Um, so if you're looking at a, a backup point guard spot, there's the, there's some some guys at restricted free agency and some at uh, unrestricted. Uh, I don't know how many are... are I, I would like... Like Devin Harris is an option on like on the cheap. Trey Burke, an option on, on the cheap. I, I don't know how much Seth Curry is going to cost. Um, and I don't know how about his like penetration and creation abilities, but to sort of come off the bench and hit a ton of shots. Um, that'd be fine for the regular season. I, 
I think it does open up a world in which they could resign TJ. Oh, McConnell. I don't think so. I don't think so at so all. They're over the really. Someone's going to give the them money, now. and they just need shooting so bad. They really, really need guys that are willing to put up a ton of shots. So yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, I mean, Corey Joseph but is not an he's elite. Still Fourteen yeah. roster spots. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Corey yeah. Joseph, not an elite shooter. Papev is a solid shooter, but not a guy that you're running around screens to do stuff. And I don't. I think he's going to get a lot more than seven point seven. Um, I think Seth Curry is a possibility. Cephalosha. Eh. Um, Thomas Sadoransky. No, didn't I sign would yet, absolutely right? try to sign Sadoransky to an offer sheet of like you know three twenty one and see if the Wizards match. But I, I think they probably would. Tyus Jones is a guy I like, but he's not a great shooter. Uh, DeLon Wright is a guy I like, but I think Memphis will probably match pretty much anything. Um, it'd be interesting. And, and then you look at the trade market and see if you can find a way to, to get something there. But the, they're going to have guys on, um, on minimum deals, and I, I, I think that in the regular season they're going to be counting on Zaire, Matisse, Alden to like at least – Soak up some minutes, you know. I mean, maybe Corkmaz resigns for for the minimum. Who knows? Oh. Maybe him and Brad have a nice relationship oh and it's fine. And they just want to sit him on the bench and whatever. But they need shooting. They need guys to come around and, and improve. I, I think they're going to be there's going to be a handful of like veteran veterans um, on there, like you know, just stabilizing older guys um, to just be happy to be there, similar to Amir. But hopefully, those guys are. At least, you know, have the capability of shooting. Maybe it's Jared Dudley. Honestly, <laughs> like maybe that's that's another guy that they'd want. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, they're gonna, they're still going to need another. They're probably going to sign another center. Honestly, maybe it should be Boban just to have him and Toby together for fun. Why well, is here? Um, yeah. But yeah, the 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 market is pretty dry. Maybe Wayne Ellington. He's obviously not a not an initiator, but as a shooter, I don't know how much he's going to get. It's um, it's weird. You think that it seems like there's more guys in the NBA that can shoot, and then they get to the NBA and they either don't shoot or just can't hang mentally or physically or whatever. So there's really not as many guys as you want there to be that are actually competent shooters. Can I can I read you a quote? from Woj, this is per Kyle Newbeck, about Jimmy Butler, which also will say something about the, what Jimmy Butler was like here and what the Sixers thought of him. Um, uh, now, look, this could be the Sixers trying to spin things. Uh, this is from Woj. They were not giving Jimmy Butler a five-year max. They were not giving Jimmy Butler a four-year Oof. max. <laughs> now, remember, now, not to not that they're the same player, but at all. But you remember when Kyle Lowry was a free agent, and everyone assumed he was going to get four years somewhere, and that he was angry that the Raptors did not give him five, and ended up signing for three for one hundred million. And like, I don't know. I like maybe I, I don't know what the market was like for Jimmy Butler. I don't know. You know, I I, I mean, what was the, I've been told yeah. that they that they were offering all of it. That's what I've been told. I don't know how real that is or if that's spin or whatever, but um, maybe Jimmy just didn't want to be here. There was a quote from uh, Kristen Rogers of Fox 29 um, where Jimmy was asked if he likes it in Philadelphia, and he said yes, but his crew wasn't happy because they were away from his families and he wanted his guys to be happy. 
It just wasn't the fit wasn't there, oh, which is very that. weird. Maybe he'll, they'll be happier in Miami. I, I don't know. It's very odd. It's very odd for a guy that says he wants to win so badly. Get it? You're making yeah. $30 million to get on a fucking plane, man. Like, your crew. Fuck off, man. You're, you're here 40 nights a year. Uh, whatever. Um, the, the rest of the league, real quick. Um, Kyrie and KD go to Boston. Brooklyn. Uh, Kyrie seemed like a Brooklyn. foregone conclusion. Were you surprised? I guess it wasn't surprising that KD went there. I do think it was surprising that he wanted to make the announcement on the boardroom's Instagram. Yeah, cool. You said Woj Boston. They're both in Brooklyn. I thought it was not fun. Boston. Um, yeah, no, Brooklyn, I mean, Katie's Brooklyn, out for Brooklyn, the year. Yeah. Kyrie and his smoker's arms are, are going to probably destroy the, the good culture that <laughs> Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks built in Brooklyn. I love Dinwiddie. I love... Durant Who? has smoker's Durant? arms, too. Uh, he's too lo- they're too long to Durant, be smoker's arms, yeah. I think. I really don't have a... I, I can't okay. fully describe right. what it is, but I know it when I see it. Um, I, I, really lo- I really like Brooklyn. Uh, they signed DeAndre Jordan to a four-year, $40 million deal. That seems like it's going to... I mean, it's not a ton of money, but years-wise, years, years wise, who knows. Um, I'm not super worried about them. Durant's going to have lost a step. Kyrie's injury-prone and, and a, you know, a weirdo. Um but Lavert's very good and going to keep getting better. Dinwiddie, same thing. Joe Harris, we'll see what they do with Jared Allen, whatever. But um, they're certainly going to be good for their foreseeable future, at least, probably in the top four seeds in the East. Indiana got better. Um, getting, uh, mm-hmm. why am I, no, they didn't get Rubio. Rubio went to the Suns. No, they, well, they got they, they got Brogdon, but they also lost right. uh, Bogdanovich, who went to Utah, yeah. which I thought Utah, was interesting. Utah's going to be good. Bullion Derek Favors good. just went to New Orleans. I really I really love the Pelicans, man. JJ, JJ and Drew together is a really fun pairing. I think Lonzo and Zion are just going to be throwing lobs to each other all the time. Uh, I wouldn't mind trying to steal each one more from New Orleans if, if they don't feel like he fits there anymore. Um, uh, I'm not, But I'm not worried about the Nets, you were asking. I wonder what Bo- how Boston pivots here. Kemba is going to be pretty good for a while, but they're paying him late later into his mid-30s. It's very interesting. The league is very interesting right now. I'm not I'm not a this league guy, but there's so much movement and you're and cuz everybody thinks that they have a shot now. I think Indiana's making a run. I wonder what what they get for Miles Turner or Sabonis. I think Utah is is also making a run. I think you know, Denver's keeping their guys. They they picked up Millsap's option, and they're trying to extend Jamal Murray. Um, interested to see what Portland does. Losing Aminu uh, is fine. Him and Harkless were sort of the same player anyway, so I think it's fine. Orlando is sort of doubling down on the guys. They they kept Vucevic and uh, signed Terrence Ross to a pretty big deal and uh, picked up Aminu. They just have, like, a ton of aimless length. We'll see if Fultz plays. Uh, it, it's just, it's, I don't know. The The Hornets are going to be a horrendous team next year. They've, they they signed Terry Rozier to a three-year $58 million deal. I, I don't, I couldn't tell you why. Um, well, you know what's interesting about them is that I was sort of at the point where people were killing them for not signing Kemba. And I'm like, well, I, I understand paying the tax if you're going to be good. But there's no sense in like, that's a team that needed, now the mistake was not trading him the last two years um, and, and the mismanagement around him, but I was fine just letting him walk. But then in going signing Rozier for that much money just seems crazy. Well, why would right? you let him walk 
when you could have traded him at the deadline four months ago when you were like I think that's what I'm saying the deadline they're, was like, like seven or eight games under 500 at the time like something yeah. very mediocre with the 8 seed they had a shot at it it just seems just a horribly managed organization I have some news that you'll be excited about mm-hmm. Portland Trailblazers signed Mario Hazonia one year minimum <laughs> wow there you go so, so Hazonia and ta- Anthony Simons yeah, I was talking with Amos earlier about um, I was I was moping about the potential of Jimmy Butler coming back and wondering which team I was going to cheer for instead of the Sixers. And Portland's my go-to, and they already had Anthony Simons, but Hazonia now too. That's big. That's big. Yeah, definitely big. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, the Bucks are looking to keep apparently look try to get Robin Lopez to play with Brooke. I thought that Brooke, that Brooke hmm. contract was really very fair um, and, and probably a, a slight underpay. Um, but losing Brogdon is going to hurt them, I think. Um, yeah. It's He's a good shooter, a good defender, didn't need the ball. Yeah, I, we're going to see. I, we're, I, th- I, I think it hurts him a lot. I think the Sixers are the favorites in the East. Like, Brooklyn's obviously not going to be ready with, with, with KD not healthy. Milwaukee might take a step back without Brogdon. Um, well, we got to see what happens. They're also losing Kawhi. Miritich, uh, who is helpful down the stretch for them. Boston, I I don't I don't foresee a path for them to be legitimate contenders this year. Um, Indiana's gonna be good, but how good? Just, well, Toronto, and we'll see about Toronto. But I, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, Toronto. Yeah, but yeah, I, well, and well, like like look, all of a sudden we have a new new team again. Um, with with and, some and level I'm of curious some, to see how with it some works. level of like, oh, we keep some of the guys, you know, like keeping yeah. keeping Tobias. And Mike Scott, and who knows about Boban or TJ or or James Ennis or whatever, um, that's helpful. Like it's it's there's a level of turnover of like, okay, this might be weird, but theoretically, Ben Embiid, Horford, Tobias are going to be here for three or four years. Josh Richardson for two, hopefully more. We'll see if they'll be able to afford him after that. Um, and then the rookies who and the young guys who will play a decent amount. So this this will be. So, there, there was a lot of turnover from year to year for for a while. I think this is, you know, two thirds of this team is going to be together for for a good bit of chunk of time, um, and then you Should can be. you can fall in love and get behind these guys, our guys, yeah, our I'm, babies. I, and, and you know, I was making I was making fun of him a little bit. Um, uh, Matt Del Rio for Del Rio from Liberty Ballers wrote a thing that like. They should keep it, keep the team together for the fans, so there's some continuity. Now I was making fun, like keeping the team together for the fans is a fucking terrible idea. But the idea of keeping the same players, so you know who the fuck you're cheering for, I think is a very fair thing to want. And I'm glad that um, that potentially now we're going to see a core that is the same for a little while, and we can start to to like get to know guys. Um, and and by the way, we were talking about it earlier. Uh, we posted a, a picture of Mike Scott on the Ricky Instagram, and like the first four comments were, "Is he going to be the guest at the next live pod?" So, a a Mike Scott appearance at a fall live Ricky might be may be necessary. Will be very fun. Yeah, will be very All right, fun. I gotta go. I gotta call the radio station now. Um, and tell I, I apparently Philadelphia is panicking that Jimmy Butler's gone. So. Gonna sure. have to, do you? Uh, have to who do you think they get with the seven million? Is there uh, in the backup point guard spot? I've, I've I've no idea. I don't like Trey Burke at all. Yeah. 
like not at, and, and I know we're sort of, but, but I don't think you need $7 million. I don't think you need to scrape the bottom of the barrel. I think like Trey Burke's an end of the bench guy. I think he stinks. Do you have a, a list of free agent point guards? Yeah, I, I some I for some reason think they're going to end up with like a, a DJ Augustine type. I don't think he's available. Well, he's fine, but I th- that's why I think like Dev Harris, Corey Joseph, in in somewhere in that. I think they're going to aim for Pat Beverly if they can get him on a maybe promising him like legitimate contention and Jeremy Lin. No, <laughs> no. I love Jeremy Lin. No, he's not very good. Pat Bev yeah. would be cool. Well, I, don't, I don't think they'll be. I think he's going to get $12, 15000000 million a year for. Yeah, they're not so. getting Patrick Beverly. It's, not it's interesting. I, 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 this is, it's very important to get a guy who can play with Simmons and also back him up. And that's what they have not been able to have for their backup point guards. I, I know you're going to make fun of me. I think, Shake, I think Shake is that guy. Like, I, I think he's able, capable of playing off ball and growing into like a, a secondary initiator with an occasional uh, ball handling duties role. Maybe not this year necessarily, but I think over the f- hopefully four year deal that they sign him to, he'll he'll get there. Um, we'll see, we'll see. But I think they're going to we'll get a, a veteran type, hopefully a more playable version of a guardy Amir Johnson. That's that's what my hope is, and I don't know if that's Dev Harris. He might be washed. I sort of haven't watched him in in Dallas for a few years, um, but I don't know. Seth Curry would be cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. A guardy Amir Johnson. Wow. <laughs> That's a great way to end it. <laughs> good call. <laughs> All right. I got to go. Um, I feel good. What a, an eventful day. It looked like it wasn't going to be that eventful. Ended up being pretty eventful. Yeah. I feel I, uh, Horford's not the perfect fit, but I, I feel I feel like it, it's going to work out when the when the bench shortens in the playoffs. At least he's not Jimmy Butler. At yeah. Least happy he's not for you. Jimmy and Butler. we get to torture Boston yeah. with him. He can tell, tell all the Boston yep. secrets. We can do some uh, Brad Stevens hot seat. It's going to be perfect. Bro, I'm going to make pretend I never said what I said. <laughs> I'm going to act like they're fucking crazy for, for ever saying that. I, should I go and delete the tweets to drive no, them crazy them. or no? Just ignore them. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. All right. We will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, we're going to work on AU's internet for next time. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to figure it out. Uh, all right. Good pod. You down with TTP? Yeah, you know. Lick face. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile.